Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Elite Nights with Homozomiso. Every Friday and Saturday from 6 to 9 p.m. Kaya FM. So this weekend, we're dedicating the weekend to Jazzworks. Um, I think as a stable, as a company, they have done incredible things when it comes to the music industry. And it's not often that we actually get to celebrate them because we're always celebrating the musicians. We're always celebrating the accolades the artists actually bring in. But there's a whole world, there's a whole team. We always talk about this team that it takes to actually bring together an album. Jazzworks has been part of many, and I mean many. Many, many. It's in its 20th year. So I've got a Robin Cole on the line. How are you doing, Robin? Komotso, I'm well. Thank you so much for this interview. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. 20 years, hey, 20 years. I'm sure when you started, I, and I know that you had um, a gig that you were already doing with Arc Studios, but I think probably Jazz Works now 20 years running. The memories must be flooding. Do you have a celebration planned? Um, I had one, but uh, like all good plans, it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, things have things have been interestingly nostalgic for me over the last few months, and um, it, it's incredible. You know, like I, I've been relatively vigilant and or meticulous in in writing down just everything that that myself and and ultimately uh, the the team at large have been involved with, and it it it's incredible. Like it's it's blurry. Some things are starting to get very, very, very confused. Like, did we work on that? <laughs> did we not work on that? So, yeah, I mean, it's been an interesting time just to reminisce about it and uh, certainly feel very privileged that we've had such a, a good run over the last 20 years. And let's take a rewind. After Arc Studios, uh, back in 2000, you came together with the two of your mates and you put Jazzworks together. What prompted that? Why did you feel like there was a need to do this thing? Or was it just you expanding from Arc Studios? Yeah, it, it, it was very organic. Um, you know, I, I, I grew up in Pretoria and um, kind of finished um, high school in the early 90s and uh, was fortunate enough to come into a new South Africa with new vigor. Mm. And it was it was an interesting melting pot for me in the sense that, um, you know, the immediate like groupings that I found myself with or working with in uh, were kind of like urban orientated um, R&B, hip hop, soul genres. And um, it just kind of like stepped one one thing at a time. And, and I think a very significant point for me was I finished off musical studies in the late 90s and I was really running a studio like part-time in that time. That's that's what the previous entity was all about. And I met a young man by the name of Bibo Khumaroto and um, basically we just started moving forward. Yeah. Um, him, him and a, another really, really good friend of mine, a, a DJ, slash producer, artist from Pretoria as well. His name was Craig Roots, or rather is. Um, his stage name is Craig Massive. He's currently mm. in Dubai. And basically the three of us got together and we, we started this new company. Um, there were actually quite a few other collaborators as well um, that kind of like came and, and went as time went on. So nothing really was born out of, an, you know, let's say, a, a very specific idea. It was more just like young people trying to do something. And yeah. before we knew it, um, you know, we, we started having like a little bit of an environment. It was kind of like the birth of the, the desktop music industry, if that's a word to use. Yeah. And, um, you know, the software started getting better, the hardware started getting better, and we were suddenly competitive, and suddenly we were able to 
produce for other acts. We were able to just work with what was happening then, and we were kind of, let's say, economically more viable than the larger studios, yeah. even though, you know, we were just kind of working out of our, our smaller environments. But it, it all just kind of grew from there. We started getting to know more people, started working with, with record companies, started working with more artists, started working with more agencies, and it, it all kind of blossomed into ultimately what we are today. Isn't it crazy how, I mean, when I looked at the list, I was like, I didn't even know that this was Jesuit's production or Jesuit's mixing or mastering, whatever. Isn't it crazy when you look at the Afro soul and hip hop space and just how much you were in that space? I I do. I mean, it's uh, uh, I have to use the word privilege because um, you know it really has been like often when you're in the middle of a project, you you don't really know what it could do. Be that mm. to society, be that as a contributional like idea to culture, be it as a thought leader or thought provocator or in any other way. And um, I think I think that's the the beauty of just working within. A, the space or in an industry like ours is that that often we we move the needle for all kinds of things you know and and i don't know like um i guess that that was you know in my heart always something that i i, I never maybe articulated as a younger person but now certainly looking back and seeing all the things that we have been involved with it's it's been really, really an amazing journey. Yeah, it really, it really, really looks at it. it. Absolutely looks at it. The accolades here are absolutely incredible. Do you remember who you first recorded once Jazz Works was conceptualized and it was now a studio? Do you remember the first person that said, I'll take a chance on you? <laughs> um, you know, it, there, was so many, there was a very large, like, paying school fees and... Um, Kind of working with demos yeah. and all kinds of people who who were also starting out and I mean you know it, it it sounds arrogant not to a degree but you know we were we were very very close to artists who who walked a very like early journey with us and that's mm-hmm. that's people like Double H P um, some Piwadana um, Lira to to some other degree. Um, it's just the list is massive. It's it's literally 10, 20, 30, 40 artists that you could think of um, within South Africa that, that all kind of like started out relatively early with us. Mm. And, um, you know, I don't want to claim that we were in any way a, a, a discovery point or anything else. A, a lot of people had had huge, huge like visions and, and we ultimately bolted onto that. Um, but it, it is it is an incredible journey just to see how many people we've gone through. And I'm, I'll be honest, I actually can't remember who our first like people were. You did say that it's <laughs> getting all blurry now. I mean, you know, you did say, <laughs> so I will excuse you. I, I, but I can also just imagine that when the accolades come, when now you see your work progress and it blossoms and it blooms and these people are um, getting accolades for some of the work that you've done, you also, like you said, it feels like a privilege. But as much as you don't want to sound arrogant or cocky about it, I'm sure it's a pat in the back that you give yourself. You're like, we did that. We were part of that movement because if you look at some of the hip hop group, um, hip hop albums like Dakar Two is probably one of our biggest albums that we've had in hip hop. People still pump it. I mean, people are still waiting for Questa to release something, um, and it is really just one of those albums. You've mentioned the likes of Double HP. Double HP was a well respected uh, motokolista, and you can just imagine that when those accolades come, sometimes even though when those people walk in. 
you don't actually know what is about to explode. You are just like, let's see, this is double HP. He's good. This could work. And then out of nowhere, boo, explosion. You know, I'd, I'd, take that, I'd take that point a little further and say um, sometimes you have an intuition and, and you have a feeling, but, you know, we've, we've worked on certain songs um, that, that come through in different processes, be it either production or just like an end facilitative thing like mixing and mastering. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I mean, the, the, the strange thing is it's like working on Ngut or mm-hmm. Feel Good of Lira or or Feline Versace, or, or any of the very, very big hits of late, it's, it's interesting when you're in that process, you, you don't know, at least I never do. I never mm. think I, I can have an assumption of how the world is going to respond to that. So, you know, I, I think that kind of speaks to also being able to let go and letting the consumer ultimately have the final decision and say, well, this is what we really like. Mm. I think it's it's a balancing act for any musician and or any person working in the background. Some people have very strong instincts, others don't. But, you know, to the point, it's like it's just about being consistent, pushing it out. And I think this has been part of our success story is we've been very consistent. We've ha- We've had the privilege of working with a lot of people, but the core team and everyone who works around us has a super high work ethic. And um, we just love what we do. Really yeah. do. Yeah, and and I mean, you talk about consistency, and right now, COVID threw a spanner in the works, and obviously, almost change model had to kick in. And I'm glad to see that you guys were actually involved in some of uh, these uh, live streams or concert or virtual concert. How was that? How was that? Was that like a literal shift or because you had worked in productions? I know that you were part of that DVD Blu-ray, Yalira. So when this happened, it almost felt like home, just that the consumption would have been different. So maybe I can backstory this a little bit. Um, In 2009, I was actively managing Lira at the time. And um, part of the conversation that I needed to move forward with insofar as as getting a product behind her that that would showcase the the immense of her performance quality or the, 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 the capacity of her performance quality is it was basically a, a no-brainer for us to produce a visual product that, that supported that. So um, I basically conceptualized this, this idea and coming from a, a relatively creative family in the sense that my, my brother's a filmmaker, my, sorry, that sounded bad, a very creative family. <laughs> my mom is listening. <laughs> um, yeah, I, we, I, I, I basically just put this idea together and... Um, I managed to sell it. I managed to get certain um, um, financial supporters from from the record company side. Took on so much insofar as building an event. It was it was many many hats that we had to juggle from producing this asset right down to hosting what was at that stage probably the most ambitious event that uh, a young female had ever been part of in the music industry for a very long time. I mean we we tried to produce a a 4,000 capacity event at at Carnival City and wanted to shoot this this um, project around it. So it was all very ambitious and we'd never done it. And, and basically we had to compile a, a team, which was kind of my mandate, besides finding the responsibility in the finances of it. So long story short, fast forward, we produced this, this first body of work and we had an incredible success story with it. We got so yeah. lucky straight out the gate. 
Now we sold something like 120,000 DVDs of that project. So sure. it was a, a, a massive like stroke of confidence, and it, it basically burst our our video department. Jazzworks diversified at that moment, and um, up until now we have done 10 music concerts in in a similar way. Mm-hmm. Um, for a wide range of, of different acts, right down to the Philip series for Casper, we've shot all of three of his, or the first three rather. Um, we've done some stuff on Tukozo Mbambo, we've done a project for Donald, we've done a project for Kaim Tetwa down in Durban, and all of these DVDs or concert films, basically we've uh, we've put huge, huge resources behind, and we've been very, very, like... Um, celebrated by the same token out of the 10 that we've produced we've received seven south african music awards sure so with that being said and basically covid breaking um you know very prepared for moving into a, a balancing act of the visual and or audio world so a few of our clients kind of saw, or rather i started reaching out to them and just said like well would this be something that we could try mm-hmm. and it's 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 an interesting space i mean i think live is not going to be replaced it it will never be the same experience watching an artist you know on a screen versus watching them live 100% but i do think there's a new place and i'm working very hard with a platform at the moment in madran called starstruck that is that is hopefully going to change the, the landscape of virtual performance recording. So yeah. watch the space. Um, it is in development. We've taken at least like 15 artists through there and hope that it's going to be a new chapter altogether. I mean, I mean, we've been, I mean, we've heard this term being passed around all the time, the new normal. Um, there's no way life can go back to just how it was um, uh, prior to COVID. It, COVID has forced us to look into certain spaces and consume them differently. And you're quite right. As much as life can never be replaced by virtual, but there's certainly, certainly going to be a space. So I, I have no doubt that that will definitely, definitely bloom. But if you look at the concept, especially because um, Jazz Works and you guys would have started uh, maybe with a project right from the beginning or getting the tail end of the project and then you sometimes get privileged enough to take them on stage it must be something else to see words recorded that then live out on stage because I think that's something that I always go to concerts for so the reason I'd go to see Elira is because I want to see her interpretation of what I hear on the CD on the USB on Apple iTunes whatever versus what I see her actually putting it out and giving it to me live. 100%. It's it's what makes the entire thing so much more personal. And um, I think, you know, I mean, my one of the biggest passions I have in, in, in the, the bigger discussion of being part of the music and or visual industries is, is to actually see an industry come to light. Mm. And... When when I started, I mean, I, I do feel like uh, I, I already, you know, there's a, I'm not sure if I'm going to articulate it properly, but there's a saying that goes something to the effect of we are the, we are the extension of the dreams and the efforts of the generation that came before us. Mm. And um, certainly I didn't have half the tribulations that people had before me and simultaneously now off the back of quite a few people, um, we actually have an industry where 
where musicians, if they get to the top, can can live incredibly good lives if their careers are well managed. Mm. And and that that makes me happy. That makes me proud. And but it it comes with responsibility. It comes with with effort. And it comes with being an excellent performer. It comes with being an excellent musician. And it comes with being very serious about your craft. And I think. I think I'm seeing that a lot more in the new generation. I think people see an all-encompassing reality, and the people that do get it, they, they do want to work at it, and fortunately, their results can be measured over time. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and you know, um, when we were discussing this with my producer of what to do um, this week, and we started talking about producers or stables or places and jazz works come, came up, and we were like, there's so much to go through with jazz works and just the different stories that may accompany um, us doing an insight on jazz works that the whole weekend will not even be enough. But we'll try our best, okay, Robert? We'll try our best. <laughs> the whole weekend will not be enough. But let's now get into that. Some of the stories that are unbelievable, but they come from your doorstep. They come from your studios, from when... I mean, I'm interested to know um, how besides the diversification, but the growth of Jazzworks actually happened when you guys now started to remodel the studio, make it into something bigger, because now the growth really needed a space that was so much bigger. Sure, that's an interesting point. Um, so currently we have two fully-fledged environments um, and a very well-resourced post-production facility for, for editing. And and growth was was generally speaking just something that that happened naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to be honest, we're we're lucky in that we're keeping things alive. You know, besides COVID and and the general pressures within our economy, we we do. I think we are part of a conversation that that speaks to luxury. If if I am to be honest about it, not everybody needs entertainment or music um, to get through the day. Mm. But, you know, we would like to assume that maybe sometimes we make the journey a little lighter so there are broader societal contributions. But besides that, it's just keeping a business alive and, and staying staying with it. And it's, it's where, if I can put it lightly, becoming more corporate and more of a business-orientated mind is such an important part of the conversation for any musical enterprise. Um, and it's it's unfortunately all the boring stuff. It's spreadsheets and <laughs> oh, the things I'm terrible at. <laughs> it's the stuff no one really wants to do, you know. Um, yeah. But it's 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 a necessary part of the conversation, and I, I think it's again it speaks to the maturity of where the entertainment industry is going. And if if you're careful enough, and you study enough, and you work hard enough, and you actually see yourself as a brand and a, as a business, all of these things. Um, are actually manageable. You just have to invest in them. Yeah. And we're very fortunate that um, Jazzworks is able to have grown to the point where it is. And yeah, just hopefully we can continue going with it and uh, un- unlock and unearth some future stars and keep working for our clients um, that we we currently service. Was there ever a time where you thought, oh, ah, this thing's not going to work? You know what? I'm actually, let's just. Close I think I'm too stubborn. Are you too stubborn? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it's a, my idea. Of course, it will go on. <laughs> no, I mean, um, I've, I've certainly there've been there've been many turning points, uh, as I guess any young entrepreneur does have. Um, but I think I'm I'm naturally entrepreneurial, and um, I don't know, like I. I 
I feel like one has to be a little cocky with business. One mm-hmm. has to be a little assertive. But, uh, you know, I mean, if I look at all the things that haven't worked versus all the things that have worked, it, it can easily, if you are pessimistically minded, you could, you can certainly, you know, hand in the towel yeah. very, very quickly. But, you know, I, I don't really see failure as, as a problem. I just see it as an opportunity to grow. And, um, there certainly have been many failures along the way. <laughs> as they so, would, as they would. I mean, how do you win if you can't even count your failures? Hey, it, it's just impossible. Tell us about, I'm now getting into, I don't want to call it your top 10 because, I mean, my colleague here, um, Tabo Mukwele, will kill me because he's got a thing called top 10. So I can't really call it a top 10, but I want us to sort of, and I know it's going to be hard for you because you worked with gazillion and gazillion um, artists, but I almost want us to... Um, talk about the certain songs, the certain specific projects that you were busy, uh, that you worked with and you were absolutely proud of and they are they will remain your top 10 at least until somebody checks uh, the 10th one out, you know. But let's talk about AKA Run Josie. Well, maybe just to preface this discussion, the, the challenge with choosing a top 10 is <laughs> that you're going you're gonna to make someone upset along the way. <laughs> So that's the first thing. So I, I ask for forgiveness. It's me, guys. It's not Robin. It's me. It's my fault. I made him Thank choose. You. Okay, well, awesome. Under those circumstances then. Um, what I love about Run Josie is um, Kenan was always kind of on my radar and, um, you know, like his earlier like, body of work in the form of alter ego was, was seminal. I really liked what he did then. Mm. We were we were kind of like rolling in similar crews, in the sense that he was working with some people that I before, but we never actually fully worked together. And yes, I don't quite know how it worked. I think it might have been Steve Rapadu who he was working with yeah. um, at a certain stage. But effectively, the project landed on on my lap, and for me, that was kind of the turning point. It's it's the reason our, our our relationship blossomed into what it is today. I've, I've worked on all of all of Kenan's work since then, yeah. um, which is uh, all of um, all of levels, all of Touch My Blood, and currently we are working on our third project together. Yeah. So um, this was certainly a starting point for me. I really love this track, just in the sense of its attitude. Um, it's musically very different. It's got this two-part like section, and it's just attitude. I, I love it. Like it, it really, really speaks to the kind of rapper he is, in my opinion. Yeah, and when what what happened with Fela and Versace was that now a full, complete project as opposed to a mix and a master? Um, you know, I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd be lying if I'd say it was was production that was all handled by other team members. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the kind of you know like values we we try to bring kind of I think always dances a little bit into that universe but in this case it was quite specifically mixing and mastering mm, okay okay and you touched on this one um ngudu i mean ngudu is still an anthem today and it was too many years back and i know that cresta is cooking an album but we are so tired robert tell him we are tired of waiting for this project we want it <laughs> please just tell him if you are holding it up can you release it already you know, he's 
working so hard at it at the moment. He's been yeah. in the studio for the last two to three weeks, just really trying to get into the last Good. phases. And I, I must admit, I, you know, I've, I've known Quester since he, he kind of like emerged through the um, the Slicker universe or the Butterbing universe, and. Um, he's always just had such a keen mind and such a good observer of all kinds of things, and is a highly intelligent man. Mm. And uh, I'm, where I just I have utmost respect for him is how he he still manages to keep it really relevant to to the Kasi and just how he he manages to not lose his roots. Uh, I really admire him for that. And um, I, I'd like to say that the new material traverses all kinds of new spaces. Yeah. But um, it's just, it's, I think there's going to be some really interesting tracks on that. But Ngut itself was, was quite a surprise for me. I mean, it had this nostalgia to it. But um, I, I honestly didn't know when it came through the doors that, that it would be the, the smash hit that it would be. It was just one of those Mkalagata kind of like styles, mm. absolute smash wonders, you know. And for what it's worth, I, I honestly believe um, there's more in his catalogue to come. And yeah, man, hopefully this new album comes out very, very soon. Uh, hopefully, I, I hope so. Because like I said, if it's you, please just like release it already. Like leave it, leave it. Squatter Camp was um, the first group, I think, to be signed to a major. First hip-hop group to be signed to a major. Um, it was the first group that was breaking all kinds of barriers when it came to hip-hop and as much as pro kid amu selwyn all of them had done amazing work for hip-hop i think as a group we had never seen the kind of boundaries squatter camp was pushing and i mean it must have been something amazing to work with them as well and they were fairly fairly young and fairly new when they got out of the scene that we didn't even know what to expect but i think once they got into studio once they did their thing we were like sold it, it's such a big part of my personal journey. Um, I, I have such love for the team and and simultaneously also the um, the, the management who who was such a big part of that conversation in the earlier days. And I I just it was such a privilege to see something as as planned and as focused as that come through in the in the success that it did. And that also South Africa just rose its its expectations and standards on what it believed would be a local genre, it was, uh, or should I say, a supported genre. It was very much still a time frame where quieter was just the, mm. the dominant conversation. And the fact that we are now in a in a, a society where hip hop has received so much and so much attention, I think, is very much part of the, the the bigger squatter conversation. As much as there were so many other people, of course, that contributed to that, I think squatter were such a a driving force in the bigger commercialization of of hip hop in South Africa. So such a such an important part for me personally. I I love that camp. I'm I'm honorarily a member, also I've been told. But uh, I tell you, I'm I'm currently on their WhatsApp group because we're working on on a new body of yeah. work, and it's it's like a reality TV show on WhatsApp. It mm. is the funniest thing. They have such characters. I was about so to say the color that exists in that group is incredible. And uh, it's, it's it's amazing. And of course, um, Flabber was such a big part of that, um, which is of course just a a sad point in the history of 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 them as as a team. But um, they certainly have enough charisma to to keep the flame alive, and yeah, we we certainly miss our brother. Yeah, and and you know somebody that's 
off my radar these days. I don't know why. Is it because I don't know the work he's doing? Is RJ Benjamin? I mean, when I started radio, um, and Kaya was still in Newtown. RJ Benjamin was probably one of the most, most of the producers I would see all the time because at that time he was a producer and an artist. How was that? How, how, how was working with RJ Benjamin? I learned so much from that young man. You know, um, even though he's, he's my junior in age, I feel like he's my senior in music. Yeah. And um, he, he studied at the same school that I went to. Um, and it was just interesting that our crossroads met in the way that it did. But it's such a such a fortunate project and or career to be part of you know Roy for me is is just such a consummate professional and an absolute like shining example of of how study can actually improve who you are as a musician um, I, I always marvel at like the stories that I remember him telling me on how when he got into the industry his capacity for music was was nothing like what it is he is now he truly molded discovered and shaped his voice to what it is and mm-hmm. I, I rate him as one of the greatest vocalists and songwriters this country has ever produced um huge huge projects um i did i did two albums with him um there's there's just such a catalog and wealth of music in in his expression and simultaneously he's an incredible producer he yeah. he has such a, a a good eye for vision technique everything i i have much admiration for him he's an incredible incredible musician yeah no tell him not to be a stranger like i say that i, I don't see him anymore and i'm just like there's <laughs> something missing because he was always that guy and you know what robin you say that he's um younger than you but you feel like he's so much wiser i thought he was black I thought he was black when I heard RJ Benjamin on the radio. What do you mean? I thought he, he isn't. Ah! <laughs> I swear. Someone so, has been lying to me. What's going on here? When I met him for the first time, I was like, "How is this RJ Benjamin? This cannot be RJ." Because he had, and and not to mean that all the other races don't have that soul and that. But he, I had such a profound, deepness um, connection with his music that I just assumed. Um, he was black and his tone seemed black to me and wow was I surprised was I absolutely absolutely surprised I guess it speaks to the universality of music Mm. and I I don't mean to be insensitive by saying this but generally speaking our, our fairer brothers and sisters don't always crack the nod when it comes to certain genres yeah certainly historically so it, it just it is what it is yeah. um but um roy is not that one <laughs> <laughs> no, far from that, that guy. Yeah, far from that far, another guy i absolutely adore in the music industry because he's also just so mellow and calm but his talent is absolutely incredible is trezor i mean um trezor mm. is one of those musicians that you will always without even knowing you can bet on him it's almost like if they say Trezor is doing one you were like I can bet on that without even hearing a drum beat I don't know if you know his backstory but he is and an, you do I mean this is this is part of the the maybe the fun of of the the industry we are in is that you get to know people and at a personal level and he just he's the story is just crazy i mean as you know like his his journey from coming over here and then being a car guard for so many years till he could get his 
his his musical career up and running, but he is so driven. I, I think that's the one thing I, I would have to say, and Msaki told me this like two, three days ago. She was mm-hmm. like, you know, Robin, the, the guy that I look up to insofar as planning is Trezor. This guy will have everything laid out. He knows what he wants. He has a vision. He is extremely hardworking, and mm-hmm. I just appreciate that about him over and above his talent. I think he's, he's such a got such a vision for the uh, the future of, of Afro pop. I really, mm. really think he he has he has nailed it in so many ways, and he sometimes brings old school bubblegum elements into the universe, mm. and he just has a different view. And I guess maybe it's also just because of he comes from a different part of Africa and very globalized, has has such an ear for music. Yeah. Incredible talent, incredible guy. And I mean, over the 20 years, you would have obviously worked with what we call now the OGs, okay? So the likes of WHP, the likes of Zubs, and the likes of Tear Gas. And, I'm, and, and, and you know, sometimes I'm so heartbroken that Tear Gas is no longer together. But because they are doing things individually, you are just like, okay, at least we still see them on some level. But take us through that. I mean, even if you will, compare it to working with OGs then versus now because most of them have had work to date indeed um, you know and it with, with WHP's um, celebrations just last week I mean it, it is to a degree heart-wrenching to consider mm-hmm. that we, we, we have seen within one generation a, a team of people work so hard um, right down to ProKid, down to a few other people within the industry who have contributed so much and and just never got perhaps the the long term celebration that they deserved. Um, it, it is a sad reality, um, but it's also an achievement on another level in the sense that their efforts are are again being celebrated by a new generation. And I think depending on how how one views that position, we all contribute to a better world and their contribution is felt. It's noted, it's valuable, it's it's been part of the conversation forever and ever and um, perhaps it's sometimes just good to remember the people that came before us to, to recognize how much they have done for us. Yeah. No, it definitely, definitely is. I mean, Robin, I could keep you here for two hours and I would still not have gone through it all. But what is next for Jazzworks? I know that you are working on this awesome platform that maybe we might just consume um, concerts a bit differently, virtually and all. But other than that, what is next for Jazzworks? That's a good question. Um, um I think... I think our our future lies in in creating opportunities for South African and African artists at large to actually realize a full international career. I, I would like to be part of that conversation. Working with Lira for the best of time that I did mm. um, saw so many so many highs in the, in the sense of new opportunities, new doors, um, new relationships. And I would like to, I would like to extend upon that. I would like to be part of a bigger conversation of saying, if Trevor could get to the heights that he did in the way that he did, I think there is still capacity and room for a South African artist to be celebrated at that level. Mm-hmm. And I think we all work towards that goal but the steps, and uh, it is quite fascinating because I just recently worked with Elaine and her team, and it's quite incredible what's happening there. 
um, and she's got an incredible chance to to get to that space. Um, and I, I think there are quite a few South African acts right now, right down to Nasty C and of course Shoma Josie. But it's just it seems like it that that discussion or that time is now. And of course, you know, Master KG just with what seems to be a juggernaut of a global track it it's going to be interesting to see what happens within the music industry over the next five to ten years and i think africa will be part of this conversation there's so many little elements um that i think i think if everything plays to our favor it it will happen and i i just hope i can be part of that conversation my personal aspirations are to get more and more into documentary filmmaking uh, I produced a television series um, with Lyra around her life um, about two to three years ago that we licensed to Fox Global. I, I had so much fun and learning in, in building that project to what it ultimately became. Mm. That I, I would like to do more of that. I'd like to move more and more into the visual arts as well. So I've got a lot of homework to do. Um, I think we have stories to tell. I think we have musicians to celebrate. Um, there are also huge legacy acts that that need that need, uh, I think, assistance. And and perhaps, if if I can put a little bit of a plug in there, I'm I'm trying to build a consultancy where people can come and I can help build corporate structures for them so that they can start actually controlling their masters, controlling their mm. their economic freedom, finding ways of sustainable change within the music industry. I think I think that's part of my give back and I would like to I'd like to know that within the next few years I have a few examples and I'm actually working on two acts at the moment in that capacity. So that's that's kinda like what I've got on the cards. Yeah. But no, Romana, you know, that one is such an important conversation because even when we d- conduct these interviews, it's the one thing that I always ask the artists, are you taking care of the business? Because the high is nice. Um, being the huge celebrity is phenomenal and you must get it. It's it's your hard work, but it is so important to take care of back office because that's where it crumbles if the high is not sustained with the things that we hate, like Excel spreadsheets and, 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 and. And for me, it is so important that you do not become yet another example in the entertainment industry that yo, she or he was the highest roller in the world. And then now that they are not the most consumed artist, all of a sudden things are just falling apart. Couldn't have said it better. And, and it's unfortunate that when you're in the, the moment of hype, it's all flowing, it's all working, it's all going. So it's easily distractible, it's, it's blinding, it's nouveau riche, it's, it's all the things that are repetitive problems over many generations and it's not a uniquely South African idea or problem at all. But, you know, bottom line is, is you've got to take responsibility and hopefully you can take it before it's too late. And I never think anything is too late, but there are many, many of our, our fellow musicians in, in this country that are, that are, just not minded perhaps in that way but yeah. you know what everyone has the capacity to learn something and it just takes a bit of discipline and a little bit of like effort and you can actually steer the ship in a in a very very good manner so yeah hopefully i can be part of that bigger conversation fantastic robin call all the best all the success i mean 20 years you're young
You're so young, so you're so so young. There's still so much that uh, Jazz was Kid definitely offer the entertainment industry, and we are so happy, we are so proud, we are so privileged to actually be able to celebrate you guys in your 20th year. It happened so organically. We didn't even know you were in your 20th year until we started doing research and working um, around uh, putting this interview together. So well done, and well done even for the future. Uh, thank you so much for saying that. Appreciate the platform. Thank you, you so much. Well. Kick off your weekend on Elite Nights with Homozo Miso every Friday and Saturday from 6 to 9 p.m. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.